Boom. There we are. We're live, boys. How's it going? All good. All good. I'm <laughs> impressed with Sonny's mullet, actually. That's coming on a tree, isn't it? Isn't it what? Look at that thing. I watched this uh, I watched this documentary uh, called Wham! last night, and that's what that was. <laughs> that was Wham! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. All good, Brett. Thanks for having me on, Sonny. Good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while. No, I miss, I miss it when I saw James every day. They were the good days when I, I woke up and I knew James was going to be there on pool deck with me in a come suit. To, come to hassle, you have to do something, right? Hang on. Last, last time I saw you guys, which was not long ago, I'm talking a couple of hours. I'm looking at your your Instagrams and stuff. James, you're in you're you're in Turkey, weren't you? And and Sonny, weren't you in Germany? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was uh, I've just done a week with Ben in Turkey and I did a week before that with Flo in Nice, but now I'm in London. I've got a boxing event tomorrow, which I'm looking mm. forward to. Um mm. and getting ready for Japan. Mm. And Sonny, what, are you, what what were you doing in Germany? I was at the uh, the German Nationals. There's like the Senior Nationals. Um, also their first trials event for Doha Worlds. Um, and it's like a mandatory event. Um, so all the German national team who are going to Worlds in two weeks had to be there. With the exception of Florian Welbrook, who apparently you know said to media, this is a stupid idea and I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Where are well, you, Brett? Where are you um, in a minute? I'm in I'm in California, man. I just moved. So this is going to be my new studio. I wish you guys well, I think I've I've shown you privately what the what the front of the studio looks like. It looks epic. Um just outside these windows here, I've got a beautiful 25-yard pool just staring at me with sunlight, constant sunlight on it for 12 hours a day. So that's gorgeous. Um, yeah, I got the I got the complete setup. But right behind me here is a bed. So anytime you guys want to come to California, you, there's a bed there for you, James and Sonny. Uh, you're welcome to it. Even if you want to come at the same time, I think it's big enough for both of you, <laughs> so that we can get, squeeze you in. So, um, mate, I got the setup now. I'm in I'm in California full time. I'm living with my girlfriend, um, Carrie Hayne, who's a former. Uh, U.S. breaststroker herself, and so we're gonna we're just gonna be doing tons of swimming content. We're really diving into this thing, man. I'm pretty pretty excited about it. Nice, nice. And I saw you did a bit with uh, Michael, right? Uh, did you race him? Did you actually race him? I actually do race Michael Andrew, and that that video will come out on Friday. What's today? Wednesday. So a couple of days from now, I've actually seen the first edit of it. Um, Nate, uh, obviously my producer, uh, back in Virginia, he's, he's done the first edit of it and I think it looks pretty good. I think, I think I'm going to surprise a few people with this, with this throwdown, this backyard throwdown. So listen, so the idea behind this, and again, I want to have both of you guys do this with me. Um, the idea is just to get legends to, to come in and, and race. Um, initially I was thinking like, you know, Gary Hall Jr. lives down the road. I've got, um, you know, I've got uh, Mike Kavik in my backyard here at the moment. I've got um, Jason Lezak lives here in Irvine. So it's like, I've got all these people around me. It's like, wouldn't it be cool just to invite them over, have a barbecue, have a little chit chat. And then we, and then we just slap on a swimsuit and race for old time's sake. You know, that's kind of the idea behind it. And Michael Andrew was the first one. He was actually the one that suggested I come down and do it in his backyard. It was the first day of him preparing for for Paris you know he had his little break after after the um trials 
is he said, you know, when I got down, this is, this is the Andrews family, you know, the, the Andrew family, like this is the criticism they get. This is what, this is the reception I get. Come down. We'll have a full barbecue for you. You come to the pool. You ask my dad any question you want. You record anything you want. You talk to me about anything you want. Like, how how can you not love this kid? How he's him and his family are great for swimming. I don't agree with every single thing they're doing, right? None of us do, and but none of us would go to Tennessee and agree with every single thing that Matt Credich is doing, or you know what? Everyone's got their. I wouldn't go to you know, watch you, James, with your guys and say everything, I would do it exactly the same way. But it's like you're doing what you believe in and what the swimmers believe in. And as long as you and your coach believe in it, then go for it. But And and I, the thing that I love about Peter is, and I said this on my Instagram today, he's very smart, He's he's, but he doesn't he doesn't think that he knows everything. He's very inquisitive. He'll ask a lot of questions. He'll let people in if they're... If they're if they know what they're talking about, like James Gibson, you're welcome on his pool deck any day of the week. Sonny, you come down there. You're welcome on his pool deck. You're welcome to give advice. You're welcome to give um, technical advice to Michael even. So it's like, it's just a great family. So yeah, I, I highly recommend people go and watch that interview um, with him. I, I did just that today. I listened to it on the way to coach myself and uh, some really interesting things, but the, the one that really stands out to me is the, uh, the number in the background. I know you post on this your Instagram as well, but 20.70. Um, and that's his target for Paris. James, what are your thoughts on that time? Well, he's not messing around, is he? (laughs) 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 Not a lot. No, I think it's, uh, you know, we need, we need outliers in Mm. the sport. We need Mm. people to make this interesting. We need people to have crazy targets. And, um, and generally, you know, when, once you throw something out there, like Adam did it, Project 56, didn't he? And it, you, know, mm. you throw something out there and it, it readjusts everyone's thinking. And uh, yeah, like my, my, my thing with the Andrews and Michael, like uh, they came out to swim with me in Turkey uh, mm. for a couple of weeks and uh, incredibly open, incredibly generous people. Uh, Peter, if Michael wants to join in with you, he joins in. If not, no worries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually take a lot of influence. I, obviously, I can't, my guys can't do the level of anaerobic work that Michael does. It's not practical for older guys. Um, but I have adapted a lot of their sessions uh, and I use a lot of their things uh, mm-hmm. uh, in little ways in with what I do in my training. And I think to, you know, to huge benefit to the guys that I work with. And you need these people that. F- uh, thought provoke uh, good coaches, and yeah. you know that what I find is with the outliers, you can always find something to add. And as coaches, we all we all steal other people's ideas, right? Let's mm-hmm. not let's not pretend we invented the wheel. We take bits of Mike Bottom and bits mm-hmm. of David Marsh, bits of Brett Hawk, mm-hmm. and we we mold it Bob Bowman, and we we mold it to our way of mm-hmm. working and the relationships that we build with our athletes and sell it like that um so I, I took a lot from peter and michael a hell of a lot and mm. and let's not forget that guy has won a lot of medals international mm. medals. he has won a load a lorry load of medals he's an olympic gold medalist you know mm-hmm. in a, the men's relay so let's give him credit where credit's due he's a great swimmer yeah he's a great swimmer and you know he, he gets a bit of criticism about what he should do in his life everybody's got an opinion on what he should do and how he should do it right and the thing that i love about him is that he is the master of his own ship you know like he's in control of michael andrew's image 
It's it's him. And and we're seeing this in, in a new generation of people coming through. Everyone said, you got to go to college. It's the only way you can do something. You, you know, you can only be successful if you go to college. Like that was always what was jammed down our throat. And now we're seeing this young man who is absolutely just taking control of his own image, his own career, his own life. And he's forging a path for himself, but he's also forging a path for other people to say, look, there's, there's other ways that you can do this. There's other ways. And I know, Sonny, look, you've just gone to Germany. You've had some issues even filming at the meet, right? Like this is how backwards we still are. Like you can't even go and take a camera and film at a meet without getting yourself in trouble anymore. Like, you, you know, like Sonny's here trying to promote the sport, trying to trying to put shed a light on it, and they are shutting it down and saying, you can't do that, you can't do this. And the thing that I love about Michael is, is that everything is his you know, it, his own thoughts, his own training, his own beliefs, his own, and he's got partners around him. He's got Tier, obviously, as a big partner, but but he's in control of this thing, and I think there's a lot to learn from that, right, Sonny? Absolutely. I mean, I've I've followed Michael since he was like 14 years old. I've you know I've I've not been to America to see what he's doing or anything, but that's because he's been visible from such mm-hmm. a young age, and mm-hmm. I think the three of us, we all are probably at the forefront of putting content for other coaches and swimmers out there that they can maybe learn from or just be inspired by. But Michael was doing that before any of us three were, you know, mm-hmm. Michael has been doing vlogs since before I was doing vlogs. Mm-hmm. Michael has been posting training information since before we were posting training information. And he's also done something that no other swimmers are doing. And he's set himself up financially from a young age mm-hmm. so that he can actually sustainably swim as long as he wants to swim. Instead mm-hmm. of having to go to college to, to make foundations for a life post-swimming. And I think all of those things are just super smart and super inspiring. And, yeah, I, I think Michael's great. By the way, I was surprised at this. I was invited over to their house, I thought, to have a barbecue because I thought they lived together. I get there and Michael lives on his own. He's been living on his own in his own apartment funded by himself, you know, his own sponsors, his own training, his own his own racing where he travels the world and makes money. He funds this apartment himself. He lives totally alone uh, on the beach in San Diego. So when he wakes up, he can go outside for a surf anytime he wants. He can walk outside, have a barbecue. He's got his own kitchen. He's got his own living room. He's got two bedrooms upstairs. So I was surprised. I, I was invited over to Michael's house. You know, I wasn't going to his parents' house. Now they came over as guests of his but this man lives on his own now. And um, yeah, just you know, a lot, lot of criticism, but a lot to learn from him and how he's handling his life. And the other thing that I don't think his parents get credit for as well is they, they did have a leash on him when he was a kid, as you would expect. But that leash has completely been loosened now. Even though his dad still coaches him, his dad has no say in how he lives his life. You know, his mum came over and as we were cooking, she was surprised that Michael hadn't opened his his mail. You know, he's like, she's like, Michael, you got to come over here and open your mail. Like, it's just sitting here. He's like, I'll do that when I want to do that. You know, kind of thing. So, like, so his mom just left him. You know, didn't didn't force him to do it. But there was just there's funny little things like that. So yeah, um, yeah, cool kid, lot to learn. And and then you know, here we are. You know, uh, today he's posting videos of a mistake that was made at the trials. Right, he he knows that he entered flat. On, on the on the start of the 50 which killed his speed 
which then he had to generate to, to swim himself back into that race. And he almost won that race, like by swimming himself back into it. He kills his speed. Here we are today. He's posting videos of corrections that he's making. Like who's vulnerable enough to say, yeah, I made a mistake last week. And here's me going through the process of making the corrections. Like we're sitting there learning with him and growing with him. I mean, how outstanding is that for the sport, you know? You know, I, I find it, I find it, I find it interesting because I watch it all. And also when you talk about the swim at the US trials, you know, that was a great swim, you know, to be that far behind mm -hmm. through 15 and then actually swim back over the top of people. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the hardest things to do in the 53. Like we, we speak in a lot about our, the guys I'm with, like, you know, when Caleb's throwing out five zero to 15, you got to swim over the top of him. You mm -hmm. know, that's incredibly hard to do. And, and the race in itself you, you can change the way people swim. You know, you, you go fast through 15 and you're coming up half a body length behind and you're stressing and you're not holding water. It changes the way you swim. Mm -hmm. So the impressive thing for Michael and that, I know he just missed the team and let's not beat around the bush. He just missed it. Still mm -hmm. won the fastest times in the world this year. Mm -hmm. It still was. And he outswam everyone else. So that actually puts him in good stead for next year. That process mm -hmm. of controlling your emotion, getting your catch and actually almost almost winning the race, like you said, is actually quite impressive uh, from my point of view. Well, mate, let's take it back to the world championships themselves. You've actually got two swimmers that could win this thing. You know, you've got, you got Ben uh, that you've been working with in Turkey on and off here and there. And then you've got Flo in, in, in France. What's the relationship now? It used to be full-time and permanent. Now, obviously you're working with um, world aquatics, traveling the world and stuff, and then popping in, time to time give us an update on where you're at with their relationship so uh the boy the boys we're working with it's it's mentoring now so uh, and i'm going to present on this in uh fukuoka next week about the stages of development and coach athlete relationships and you know the mm -hmm. first part is a teaching phase where the coach is teaching the athlete everything they need to know then there's honestly it's the management phase after where universities mm -hmm. colleges you're managing your athletes you know they mm -hmm. they kind of know it a lot of the stuff themselves and you're managing them through their career and then you get to the end point where you're dealing with mature adults and it's co-collaboration mentoring it's mm -hmm. more of a mentoring process and uh uh yes they're, they're they're both in a good spot they're not the number one in the world cameron mcavoy he's the clear favorite in terms mm -hmm. of speed and time this year he's three or four tenths clear of everyone else which in sprinting is a country mile and it's that's his event you know to a, you know he's got it he's got to stand up and deliver but at the minute, all eyes are on him. Um, but what he has done with that, the event's been poor this year, generally has been poor. And then to go out to throw out 21-2, it refocus everyone. So mm -hmm. what, we've, what we're actually going to see, I think we, when we get to Fukuoka, is a very condensed field. I don't think the time to, you know, the time out the heats is going to be very similar to the time that makes the final because everyone's going to go pretty much gung-ho in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the final, it's a race. You know, the best racers will will take the medals. I think there'll be a sneaky lane, one or two or seven or eight medalists come out of this field for sure because they're going to be more condensed. But, you know, Cameron's the guy and uh, thankfully he's refocused the event. You know, thinking us thinking that 21-6, 21-6, five was a competitive time uh is long gone thankfully mm. there's mm. too many people getting too comfortable <laughs> yeah i think so i think i think you're you're right yeah i did feel that too it seemed like the 50 kind of uh you know swung swung back the other way for a little while there you know with with bruno maybe stepping out and and uh with caleb obviously stepping out for a while it was almost like you know ben ben 
earned his wins last year. He won pretty much everything there was to win, right? And um, and earned his wins, but he wasn't winning them at that at that top end twenty one one. You know, he was still winning them at that twenty one three twenty one four type range. So, I think now seeing, like you said, seeing Cam do what he did. I have just from an observer's point of view, I've seen an elevation in Ben in the last couple of weeks. Even is that my bell? You guys talk amongst yourselves. No, you got to go and get your, an Amazon delivery. <laughs> Brings yeah, out of it. He's this gone. is the great thing about live, eh? Look, it's this is actually live, as you can see. Um, well, you take yeah. over. Sir. You're good at this hosting, Malarkey. Well, we was just talking about. Uh, watching people in the 53 star, I think he was mentioning Ben. And if I'm not mistaken, he was probably going to say the diff. <laughs> what has he got there? <laughs> I reckon he's got his frame, I reckon he's got his uh pictures, but I reckon he was going to mention the transformation of Ben between. I think it was what meet was he at before Seti Collie? He was at Menostrum and uh, then Seti Collie, and there was, was it like half a second difference in his 53 star? No, it was seven tenths. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, so uh, from Ben, from his point of view, he had a bit of downtime at, at the start of the year. It was all planned. Mm. Um, you know, with a lot of the guys that, you know, Sarah Shostrom's of the world and uh, Florent Manadou, Ben Prouds, they've been, they've been going a long time. And, you know, with the stress, emotional stress of COVID, the last Olympics, at some point they need to take, a checkout and they need mm. to have some down periods. So yeah. Ben did have a down period uh, from pretty much January through to April. And since then, that's kind of been his, his build up through to, through to next year, just to make sure that uh, I think, you know, Brett, and you, you've seen it many times, you get to the Olympic season, everyone's in, right? Everyone's going. And sometimes at the end, especially in the sprinting, people get flat because they go too hard too soon. Mm -hmm. And, it, it kind of just it's just this plateau where they've got no energy or life left so right. we talk a lot about building your energy through the year so you mm. get to this point now where there's a week and a half to go and you're excited like you're excited about going you're not like oh my god i just got to get through this and you see right. it's so many olympians mm -hmm. where it's it, you know the coach gets go gets going with it the swimmer gets going with it that everyone's into hard work and training as they should be but it's sometimes we just go a little bit too far and that's where, you know, the great coaches, the, the Bowmans can monitor it very well. And, you know, sometimes you've got to hold that athlete back. And that's kind of what we've done with Ben and building him through these next 18 months through to, to next year. And Flo had his downtime as well. And it's all kind of, it's all in there and it's, it's, it's done on purpose. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, by the way, I just I just got I did get an Amazon delivery. It was my my Olympic flag. So like my my flag, I, I shipped it from Boston. You know, it's always in my background in my podcast. But that's my Sydney 2000 Olympic flag signed by the Sydney Olympic team, uh, which is an historic swim team. So it's a very valuable thing for me. So I always have it in the back. So it, it just arrived. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Now, um, you know, like you said, you know, what, what we're seeing is a, is uh, this evolution of, of sprinting, right? Some of the best sprinters in the world, like Ben and Bruno, for instance, who Br Bruno has been, you know, under 22, a hundred times, right? Like, so what he's done is he's gone on this full race calendar. And what I found with that and, and kind of like what you're talking about with Ben is like, it really does make you a better racer overall, but it's, it, it's an emotional cost as well, right? Like when you're going through training, 
you can sit at a level of kind of three and four emotionally. Like you don't have to, you don't feel that, that excitement. You don't feel that high, high of like, uh, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm walking into the Coliseum to, to compete, you know, and, and that high, high, and then that low, low that comes after a competition. Right. So like when you're competing a lot, you're going through these waves of emotions and, and especially for Ben last year where he was going like, you know, he was going, he was trying to win it all. Right. And so there's this huge emotional cost. And so, yeah, it, it does take its toll and I think it's great, but you've also got to factor it in. And so I think you're, again, that mentorship that you're given Ben has been invaluable to him. I think we're going to see our best Ben proud this year, no doubt in my mind. I think a lot of people have written him off this year because you haven't seen the best, but what you've done is mentored him to a point where now he'll be at his best and I think um, even though you say Cam McAvoy is the favorite and probably should be walking in as the favorite, you know, Ben is certainly a guy that I think can easily contend for this win if he's, if he's at his best again, you know. And so um, some of the stuff I've seen on Instagram in terms of his uh, technically where he's at, he looks beautiful right now. I mean, just beautiful. So, you know, fantastic job for you. Um, Sonny, who else is there other than – other than Cam, you know, I talked about this in the podcast with Michael Andrew. Other than Cam, Ben, Flo, and then Ryan Held, right? They're, they're the top four guys, I think, that can win. I think someone someone put it in the comments here. Let's have a look here. Yeah, so that that's kind of the top four. Uh, who, who else is a contender here that we should throw into this mix in the 53? Well, I mean, James can probably tell you a little bit more about the next guy I'm going to talk about. But uh, Jogo Ribeiro of uh, Portugal. Uh, is he still 18, James? He he is a great swimmer. Mm. Very good. I uh, saw him in Turkey with his coach, Albertino, the other week. And uh, this kid, is, he's got it. He's a very, very good swimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, the, the event, there's, there hasn't been a breakout guy in many, many years in the 53. Like mm. Someone we just don't know about. Flora Manadou won the Olympics from nowhere. Uh you know, they, we, it, mm-hmm. we're due someone to come out soon. If it doesn't happen mm-hmm. this year for Diego, uh, it's going to happen sooner or later. And I, I really rate him. Mm-hmm. What about these names one. that they're throwing out here? Grousset and, and Josh Leander, Sonny? Uh, look, I, I think I think what James just said is really true. And when you look at some of the names, if you look at the world rankings right now, you've got guys like Seb Chabot, who's been around a long time, short course world record holder in the 50 fly. But they're not guys that are going to suddenly have that big breakout. Um, Josh Liendo, he's been good for a long time now, like two or three years. Um, he was good in yards this year, but uh, his 100 fly, I think, is more where his money's at. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's Maxime Grisset. I think his 100 fly was his best from a French trial. So, like, I don't know. I just I think when you're still working on that 100 flight, it's hard to be competitive in the 50 freestyle when you're racing guys who literally are mm. fine-tuning 50 freestyle like nothing else. And that's the, that's the case with Cam, Ben, and Flo. That These guys, mm. I mean, James can tell you, they're, they're 53 all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, but Grousset is a class act. Like he's a mm-hmm. excellent swimmer. I watched him at the trials, the French nationals, and the, the French nationals was not done in a particularly good pool. Uh, it mm, wasn't done yeah. in Berlin, like you saw, or Indianapolis. Yeah. This was done mm-hmm. in a, you know, the shallow end was one, wasn't even two meters deep, uh, or there was a huge uh, diving well in there as well. So, and this is what the French have, right? I've, I, when I used to work in France over a year, they they go to all these pools all around France. It's not like this is your national 
national hub where you do nationals every year and it's the fastest pool in the world, like Toronto and Berlin and these play Budapest. They go to some really... I met rough pools. I saw Lorne Manadou break a world record in Tour and I was like, this, this place didn't really have a warm-up or anything. Mm. And so they have this... The French actually have quite a good inbuilt resilience. So whatever you see, whatever you saw come out of the French nationals, they're going to improve. They are going to improve. And Jack Overharen has got a... Uh, a good sort of leadership program there. And he's, he's got them uh, definitely going the right way. Mm, mm. Um, give, give us an update, mate, on your role at uh, World Aquatics. T- tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so really exciting role. I really enjoy the, the – so I've been there for three, four months now uh, working within the development team. So what we do is we, we've got projects going all over the world. Uh, I travel um, here, there, and everywhere. In fact, I've been to – more places the last three months than I've been in my whole life, I think. Mm. And uh, and I've met so many wonderful people involved in swimming and volunteers mm. as well, Brett. Like uh, we're not mm. talking people that get paid large sums of money or even get paid for these roles. They do it because they love it. And uh, I'm so impressed. Uh, but there's a lot of people, a lot of nations that need some help to develop and they need some uh, help with their structures and governance and move forward. So we we run these programs, which hopefully you're going to get involved with in the, a little bit more in the future. Um, we do yearly development plans, drop-in development uh, seminars. We we host clinics everywhere, and it's been fantastic for me to be involved in this process. Uh, it was the right point in my career uh, as a coach, you know, and I, I still have a foot in with the elite side, which I'm very lucky. I'm able to mentor these two guys. Um, but that's it. That's what I can't, I'm not going to run a program anymore because my job is what I do with world aquatics. And I take that very seriously. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, who, who reached out to you in, in terms of this potential role? Like how, how did this come about? No, this was, this was me looking into things and mm. making propositions. And I think, you know, this is one thing, uh, what we do in our sport, when you're a head coach of a program, you always take on the people that, uh, you know, you get all these messages. Can I come mentor you? Can I, can I, can I come watch your program? Can I come yeah. and do this? Can I come and do right. that? And sometimes you get the good feelings with the guys and, and you generally take in the people that pester you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the way I was. It was, I was like that as a swimmer, you know, I, t- I pestered Ben Titley to let me swim with him. He said, no, I used to go in my backpack <laughs> at five in the morning to train and he'd turn me away. Um, <laughs> you know, funny how things turn out, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but, now, I've always been like that. You know, when I met Sonny, you know, you know, he pestered me about, can I get involved? Can I come and do this? And can mm. I do that? Uh, and I think I took a lot of responsibility on myself and uh, I wanted to do this in my point, this point in my life. And I like div- mm. and uh, the development side is giving me everything that um, I kind of never had from always working with, the, you know, the obsession of winning. And the obsession of winning a medal, and it, mm. it it consumes you, right? But there's so much more to swimming. There's mm. so much more, and yeah. World Aquatics are the custodians of world swimming. That they mm. are, and it's not just what you see on the podium in Fukuoka. Is so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and uh, and in the, especially in the development team. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of got into it. Mm. I love it, mate. It's awesome. Yeah, re- really cool. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't know if this is, uh, you know, you can help us. But Sonny and I want to go live for the World Championships. And our idea is to watch the swimming live on YouTube through through World Aquatics. But then 
but then like talk about it and commentate on it. Who could we reach out to at World Aquatics to say, can we just look at your feed while we commentate or talk? Is there someone I can reach out to? Yes, I've got the contact. I shall connect okay. you. Oh, beautiful. Look at that. See that, Sonny? Boom. <laughs> You're getting things done, Brett. I like how he uses live on air to put pressure on anything. Oh, like, oh, well, yeah. it's, it's got to be someone listening too. You know, World Aquatics might listen to us, but uh, yeah, James is in there, so it's like send us a contact. We just want to talk. We just want to talk about swimming and just want to. We want to make it even better. You know, it's it's an incredible sport. I think I think this World Championships look to to take away from the people that aren't going because like there's there's names every week coming in. You know. <laughs> Sonny, you just you just added a new one to the list a couple of days ago of somebody that's not going to the world championship. So it's like, you know, but but I think I still think this is going to be a fantastic world championships. The people that are there right now, um, I, I think the US uh, Australia head to head battle is something that is going to be completely uh, epic and and worthwhile watching as as that progresses. Um, we're actually going to have uh, Rowan Taylor come on um, in a couple of days uh, live from japan and just talk talk about the build-up of the aussie team and stuff like that so that's going to be cool so like the, the people like even you guys just people that are coming into this and just talking about it i think this we're, we're changing the way we look at swimming we we present swimming and i think that's that's cool and and sunny's leading the way like i get a lot of inspiration from sunny and and what he's doing as a young guy to have the kind of um you know, faith in himself, just like you said, James, just pestering you and just doing, doing his own thing. I think it's that Michael Andrew kind of idea of like back yourself, you know, trust yourself, back yourself and, and go in and do some different things. So I like it. Sonny, what do you got coming up? Uh, we just got a uh, British nationals in the UK. It's not as exciting as going over to worlds. Um, but like you, Brett, I'm excited to watch worlds, you know, like again, what you said, we can talk about who's not there, but I, I think that's almost just a disrespect to the people that are there because the people mm -hmm. that are there are the ones that have qualified to be there. And the people that aren't there, unfortunately, probably aren't good enough to matter if they were there, you know? And we can talk about the biggest miss, Caleb Dressel, but he quite literally isn't good enough to be there because he didn't qualify for his team. Um, and even, you know, in a weird way, Michael Andrew, he didn't qualify for the team. They've got the biggest roster, they're the deepest country in the world. And people will represent that country, America, um, and be successful. So the people that aren't there are kind of irrelevant. Um, and it's the people that are there that are going to make so much excitement in, in terms of watching that, that event. And I'm very jealous of James, who's going to be there front row, soaking it all in, getting some cool Instagram clips, I don't doubt. <laughs> All oh, right. Is this the jealousy comes in there? <laughs> was one post, Sonny. It was just one post. It was one post. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awesome, mate. So, so I guess, what are you? Uh, what's your accreditation? Are you kind of a VIP? No, 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 no. Working. So we've got um, we're through the development team. We we we're going to host seminars every day. There's going to be oh. coach education seminars. I'm hosting oh. uh, elite athlete development and the role of the coach. I'm ho co hosting the holistic role to coaching. So mm. I'm I'm doing something. I'm doing a practical session uh, for coaches to come and watch on freestyle skills and drills and mm. uh, trying to be a lot more open. And this started the whole process started in Melbourne last year. And it's kind of it's going to happen more and more. Uh, so they're mm. going to use the, sort of the, the, the major events as a platform to sharing, learning, education, bringing people up. 
And I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to do it. I'm not coaching when I'm out there. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm working in my professional role and, you know, the boys will be looked after by their respective nations. Uh, like flows now in Japan already. He's, he's on it. He had some, some work to do today. Did very well. And Ben just arrived. Uh, but they've got their own teams, their own units, and I won't be getting involved in, in, in that side of the preparation. Uh, but my role is very specific, uh, you know, world aquatics. Mm, I love it. Mate, as you were talking, it just it just hit me the similarities between what I watched last night, the Wham documentary. Like you look like George Michael and Sonny looks like Andrew, the other guy who was in Wham. It's it's freaky how the similarity you guys have got to go watch this documentary. You're Let's Andrew. Just get aviators, Sonny. Well, I think we can pull aviators off. I've seen you wear aviators. You've you've got some sunglasses in your collection. Yeah. yeah, I've got loads. Essex boys, aren't we? You know, we, you know, Brett, we're we're from like five miles apart or eight kilometers for the Europeans. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah, we're That's pretty wild, close. Hey? Yeah, my, uh, James came around my house once, and uh, my dad got like the old photo books out. You know how parents do. Mm. And we're looking through this photo book, and uh, I must have been like at ten or eleven years old, and James's mum is handing <laughs> me an award at my oh, yeah. club championship presentation evening. Wow. Um, and I, I mean, I had no recollection of this. And James, like, that's my mum. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> True story. That's crazy. Story. Look at that. Yeah. The what? Do, what do they call it? The seven degrees of separation or something? Something that's, like that. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sonny, Sonny's more famous than a lot of the swimmers. When we worked together before, uh, all the kids coming out for autograph. Chad Close, Sarah Shostrom, swimsuit guy. Don't know his name. Mm -hmm. Swimsuit guy. <laughs> I don't think James knew my name for the first year of knowing him. Or he just <laughs> liked to wind me up. <laughs> no, mate, you just know everyone by Instagram handles now. Or yeah. threads. Threads as it yeah. is now. I'm yeah. trying. What's happening with yeah. threads? Anyone know? Yeah, look, look, no one really knows his name. It's just a uh, meme. You know? uh, threads. Yeah, threads is hot right now. Uh, I just asked Paris Hilton, man. It's hot. So love it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you got a story with is that actually paris hilton or is that like madame tussauds or something Dude, that is a hundred percent paris hilton so the story is if you go to if you go to my threads you'll see my paris hilton photo of me from 25 years ago with paris um so the story is uh we went out one night with ian thorpe and ian thorpe was uh, a massive massive figure in in world sports you know like he he transcended swimming he was the first swimmer that ever transcended swimming, you yeah, know, yeah. like he, he was a superstar athlete, you know? And so Paris Hilton wanted to come out and hang out with him one night. And so we, we went out and, and had some dinner, went, went to a nightclub, had a bit of a party, you know, as you do, and um, took a photo with her and we were having a good time. And, um, and that one just, I don't know, it stuck. And so, you know, the other day when she, when she, when she put out a little thread that threads was hot, I uh, I responded to her with the photo, so you can go and watch it. it. Was it was a funny one, but um, no, she was she was very nice, you know, very very nice, and we had a good time, and um, that's all I remember. So that's all I got. <laughs> you got. You keep posting that one once a year, then, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought that was when I had hair, so I was like, man, uh, taking me back. But um, no, it was a fun one. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's cool. Like I think. I think you, uh, you meet, I've got some, I got some good stories of, of being with those guys, you know, because, you know, they, they were really the first famous group of swimmers, you know, Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett, Michael Klim. I yeah. got Michael Klim, Michael Klim swim school right here. Look at the Klim swim. 
we're going down to uh, Singapore and Bali. We're going to do some clinics together. But that, these guys were the first superstars. And, and we want more of that. So I think what Sonny's doing, what I'm doing, James, even what you're doing is we're putting stuff out there to maybe have these swimmers become superstars. And maybe maybe I was even talking to one the other day, Michael Andrew. He's, he's a superstar, you know. So hopefully we can get swimming to that level of like when they walk on to an NBA court and sit front row, people recognize them. You know, how cool would that be? Yeah, it's definitely what Adam Peaty's starting to get in the UK now, which is great to see. Um, and, it, and I think he's putting himself in that direction. But swimmers don't really get mm. that being successful as, as a swimmer is more than, especially financially, is more than just doing well and swimming fast. I mean, that'll mm. get you so far. But if you want to really create a brand around yourself and get mm. you know financial opportunities, sponsorships, you do have to do the sort of the social media side and the, the, the celebrity side. And I think it's really clear which swimmers are taking that more seriously than others. And they're being rewarded for it. Um, like I said, Michael done a great job of it. And I even saw Adam, I think Adam was with David Beckham's son and Gordon mm -hmm. Ramsay and his new yeah. girlfriend at the F1 the other day. But, you know, all of a sudden we've got a swimmer in the UK that might be able to be compared to someone like a Michael Phelps or Ian Thorpe of years past. So mm. that's great. That, that, that's, I think that's, I mean, that only lifts the profile of the sport. Um, and, 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 and I'm glad for it. Yeah. yeah. And I love seeing these young guys and girls do well. I love it because mm -hmm. these the sport is brutal. You know, it, it is brutal and it's a platform for them. Of course, it's a platform, but then they have to take that extra step themselves. Like Adam, a lot of Adam's success has come from the Dancing with the Stars. You know, mm -hmm. it, it gives you an avenue to something even bigger. But, you know, uh, Mark Foster, for example, in Britain is known as Mark the Dancer. Yeah, he's an 18-time <laughs> world champion or whatever, but he's... <laughs> He's known as Mark the Dancer, and you're like, oh, God. So we've we still got some work to go to transcend sort of this, this role. Uh, we, don't, we don't want to be known for our dancing abilities, which Adam, Adam did a decent job on Dance with the Stars. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Actually, you just brought up a good point, uh, James. Should I have had Mark Foster in my top 10 sprinters of, of all time? Should he have been in there? Should he? Yeah. I think, I think what, one thing what you did there was awesome because it created conversation. I think mm. everyone has an opinion. Uh, in my opinion, yes, he's one of the top 10. But then you have to write down, there's, there's certain criteria, I think, you know, to be number one is you have to have won the Olympics or mm. stood on the Olympic podium at least. But, you know, Mark did incredible things. Short course. Uh, mm. He was a world medalist. Um, I would have probably put him in at 10 or 11. Yeah. But, yeah. again, mm. it's one of these... Freddie was in there because he was the first to do mm -hmm. things seven to mm -hmm. the point. Uh, and there, there are these guys that break the magic barriers and yes, they have their role. Uh, but I, I, I loved it. I love those because it, everyone has a different opinion and you get abused in the comment section. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, but it's just, it creates, it's just conversation and opinion. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. And honestly, I had a list of probably a really strong 18. I got to an 18 that were really strong. I mean, Caleb Dressel wasn't even on my list and obviously should be in the list, you know, top 10. So it's like there was there was a really strong 18. Uh, Roland Schumann, you know, should be there. It was like yeah. I had a bunch that just um, even um, even uh, the 100 freestyle winner from 2008. Uh, what's Alan his name? Alan Bernard, yeah, he was upset he wasn't on the list. And then Libby Lenton was upset she wasn't on my list. So I um 
Yeah, I, I, I had, it was very, very tough. And, and especially around that 11, 12, 13, it was like, they were obviously, they should be in the top 10. So it was like, it was just something where you, you go, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there, create conversation and people can have their opinion. They can come at it, but it was just a good, it really was a good conversational starter, you know, and that's probably what we're, what we could do here is like, we could sit and, and go through event by event for the world championships coming up in a couple of weeks and say, who's going to be top three, who's going to win it, right? It's just all opinion-based, but but it's great for conversation, you know? So um, I think that – is there any surprises that 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 we don't know of, James, of, of people that might come through in the next couple of weeks that, that might surprise us because of maybe a spot's been opened up from, from an Adam Peaty who's not going to be there or Caleb Dressel's not going to be there? Is there someone who's going to be a world champion, let's say, not, not a medalist, but – is there someone that's going to take a world title that we might be surprised by, you think? I, I, I don't think there'll be a surprise surprise, but someone like Nick Fink is setting himself up to have a, a great meet. Uh, also, my my one of my male stars, isn't, well, I'm not saying stars, I don't want to put pressure on people, but I'm going to say a swimmer that I really admire is Thomas Chekon. Mm. Um, I watched, you know, yesterday World Aquatics put out a tweet that, and not tweet um, a post that that was the top ten ranking on the fifty fly, and I was like, oh my god, Ben's number one. So I text Ben, I was like, do you realize you're number one? We haven't done. Oh. You might as well do a few fly sprints. You <laughs> 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 uh, haven't trained yeah. any fly? No, nothing. Done nothing. We completely forgot about it. I messaged the strength coach. I was like, do you realize Ben's number one seed in this fifty fly? Oh, oh wow. I was like, we better we better do something about this. But. Um, you know, but Chet Tom actually this year, but that's Ben's time from last year. Thomas is yeah. number one from this year. Right. Right. Um, on current form, Thomas. Thomas in the 100 back. I, want, I can't wait for the 100 back. I want to see Ryan Murphy. Uh, I want to see the Chinese guys because the Chinese guys have been posting. It's interesting. That just popped up. Uh, mm. The Chinese guys have, have been posting huge times. And let's see how they transfer. I want to see, uh, you know, they've got the Asian games in Hangzhou coming up that's really important for them as well so this i'm interested to see from that point of view um summer mackintosh is gonna is setting herself up to be a be a superstar which mm. she is um, mm. and again i think i think this a lot of the media and a lot of the stuff i've seen so far it's about everyone that's not going you brought it up sunny spoke about it but it's time to start thinking let's talk let's acknowledge the people that are there let's yeah. respect the people that are there and keep mm. it focused on them because it's their mm. time. And there's going to be new world champions. That men's 100 fly, I can't wait. No Milak, no Dressel. It's going to be great. The top two the top two fastest ever are not in the event. So let's watch it and have fun and let the others. And it's going to it's going to come down to the last last 10 meters. There'll be some big lads scrapping around. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it's what an opportunity for some of these young guys. And someone's going to be a world champion, and and yeah. you get that, you have that forever. You take that, and even even yeah. you know, when you're introduced to people, you're introduced as world champion. Mm. And so mm. I'm looking forward to the, those points and trying to stop talking about the people that are not there. Well, the people that are there, mate, Sonny, we, we talked about this race of the century build-up for Paris. We're going to get a preview of this at the World Championships. One of these ladies in the 400 free is going to be crowned a world champion a year out from Paris, they're going to have the the one up on on the others. So, who's it going to be? Who's taking the women's four hundred free here? Well, you know, I have very strong opinions on this. I don't I don't think it's as close. I think there's way more close races that we don't talk about. I think summer's a completely different caliber athlete to everyone in the world right now in women's swimming. She's unbelievable, mm. like mm. like unbelievable. 
Four twenty. I mean, James has worked and and spent enough time with Katinka to know how unbelievable Katinka was, and what some have done to her world record is just mm. unbelievable. I mean, this is not close. Summer, Summer has is better in every attribute than than the girl she's up against. She's been one fifty three this year. She's super fit. Uh, Summer's going to win by two seconds. It's going to be crazy. Wow. Oh, sunny. 354, 353. Something ridiculous. Oh, somebody send this clip to Dean Boxall quickly. Oh, get that, yes. get, get that to Boxall. <laughs> oh, I so, know. Not, everyone else is feeling the pressure. Some ain't got no pressure. You know, Katie's got some pressure. Tippus has got some pressure. Oh, no, I don't know. That's my opinion. James, mm. do, do you agree? I think Dean Boxall is an outstanding coach. Mm, mm. I'm going to leave it there. Mm, yeah so uh, there you go so look look i think uh i think they're all well coached for sure for sure but i think dean is very competitive and and we we know we know how he likes to hunt and and get those wins so it'll be interesting and then we i don't think we've seen the best the best of her yet either you know like i don't think the aussie trials um you know we saw we saw the best swims there so i think i think the aussie women are certainly going to be at their best at this game. So I think the Aussie women are going to be very tough to beat in in a lot of events, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, you know, with the head to head battle of the US, it'll be interesting to see. You know how the the young kids do on the US side, right? Like where they're a very strong team because they had a great trials. I think they surprised everybody with how competitive they were and how how strong the trials were. This is a whole different kettle of fish when you go to the World Championships, you travel overseas, you're eating, you know, Japanese food, you're traveling on buses, you're, you know, you, you don't have the comforts of home and, and you're a young kid for the first time. Completely different environment, right? But but they have posted really strong times, so it's going to be interesting to see. What about this one? This this is obviously going to be one of those events that's talked about a lot, this men's 400 IM. Are we going to see a world record in the 400 IM, you think, at this meet? Um, I'm I'm feeling a great swim from Leon, uh, but I'm not I'm not feeling quite that yet. Maybe Bob will save that for next year. Really? How do you save something? Like what? What does that mean? How do you save? You you've got something left in your preparation, right, for next year. Okay. Every okay. coach has something extra they bring to the table for 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 next season. Uh, uh, but you're right. You can't stop him. If he's if he's that good, you're not going to stop him from breaking a world record. I agree. But whatever he does this year, I think he's going to be slightly better next year. Yeah. Uh, this this is this is an interesting comment here. Any? Oh, where are we here? Where is this comment? Let me pull it up. Uh, any updates on Molly's knee? No, I haven't actually heard any updates. I probably should reach out to. Well, you know what? We're going to have um, the head coach of Australia come on in a couple of days, so we'll just we'll just ask him. He'll he'll tell us. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, look, I, I yeah, it, it's hard, it's hard to predict someone either doing a world record or not who, who's that that gifted and that talented and and saying, well, you know, he'll he'll save it for the games. It's very very difficult to do an Olymp uh, a world record at, at the Olympic Games, and especially now that it's his home Olympics, the pressure to even just win the event is is enormous. Um, so I think I, I don't know about saying that he's got a better chance next year than he does this year. You know, I think this year is the the year where it could just be like go and do it, go and have go and have fun, go and 
go and rip it. And then next year we just focus on winning, you know? So um, that would kind of be my way of thinking. Now, a lot of people aren't talking about this. Bob Bowman is the head coach of the U S team. He's got his French star. What you know about the U S team, James, and what you know about the French team, how will they allow that interaction you think at the, at the championships? Well, you know, with any sort of major team, there'll be limited interaction, but it'll all be already managed and already set up. It will be Leon will have his coach. It'll either be his home coach from France, or I don't know if they've got uh, one of the assistant coaches from Arizona coming to look after him, but it, is, it will all be prepared. And Bob's very professional. He'll be a uh, proper head, well, he's head coach of USA. He's got his responsibilities and he'll take them very seriously. Um, but everything will already be arranged for Leon. Everything will all be like, like say example, myself, Florent is already there and the set, it's all done. The planning's mm-hmm. done. It's finished. And they're on adaptation mode, just depending on feel. Um, so that that's kind of already taken care of. So when it just went like uh, for people that don't know is when you do go on national teams that uh, there's assigned staff it, it, and what you find in a lot of US colleges that you can have, you might even get 10 swimmers go from your college, but all on different countries. But mm. then they're assigned specific coaches by their national teams when they go. And you have to keep things professional for the athlete. You can't jump in and jump out and confuse them. So they've got their right. one point of call when they're there. They have their stability. Um, mm. And that's kind of like you know, Australia works like that. Britain does, France, USA. Uh, and it's really done to protect the athlete. And, you know, you, you can't have too many, too many influences confuses people you, you might have even experienced a little bit of this being the head coach you know on the on the isl staff right and and maybe some of your swimmers were on some other teams did you have any of that going on at the time yeah you you, you get a little bit but I, no it, i had that really the first year but the second yeah. year was uh, was and the third year was mainly you, you're dealing with your day in day outs and the, mm-hmm. a lot of the hard stuff is when you're getting communications from home the athlete needs to do this, 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 and this, but it's totally inappropriate. And that's where leadership comes in. You're like, well, they've raced. They don't maybe need to do 8K on a Monday morning after a hard hard weekend of anaerobic work and emotional fatigue and anything like this. So that's where the role of head coaches come in to dictate it. And that's that's kind of why they they like their bubbles. So when you go away as a national team, you like your bubbles. You, you, You want all the information about the athlete up front and then you're in charge of managing them because the last thing you want is someone jumping in, new information, new things changing, trying to dictate the program from, from afar. And actually, you know, it's different to be in Japan. You're in Japan. You might have slept rough. You don't know in the situation. The session that written might be totally inappropriate. The athlete might be still jet lagged. So the coach there has to make that choice. And they negotiate with the athlete and say, right, maybe today we're going to do low end work to help you recover from the trip, not the not the VO2 max session that's written down. And it's tricky. It's really hard. Uh, but that comes with experience and time. Yeah. Are we, are we allowed to ask this question, James? And you can answer it however you want. Say whatever you want, obviously. Is, is no, the ISL, is, is, it is, is it dead? Is it dead? I think you need, uh, I think you can direct that, uh, those questions to the people that work with that organization. Good point. There you go. See, let's, I'm glad I asked. Let, let's go on to this because I know it's you, both of your favorite topics. But someone's asked about the distance events. 
But you talk about race of centuries. But we've got some really. Do, do you guys follow distance swimming, Brett? Yes, of course. Oh yeah, I follow. Yeah, Sam Short. You did an interview with him recently. I think. Uh, I think he's going to win them all. Sam Short. That's my money. Sam Short's going to win them all. Win them all. He's going to win them. Um, yeah, he's. He's. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think he's favored for whatever he's going to win. I think he's going to win it. I don't wow. know what. I don't know what events he's going to win, but I think he's going to win whatever events he's. Whatever events he wins, I think he'll win those ones. Um, oh, that's good, though. <laughs> <laughs> distance. Now, look, distance. <laughs> Fred, you know what distance is they do in distance freestyle. Yeah, they do the 750, the 1300. and. Uh... <laughs> I, I really like Gregorio Pulcinari. I really? like him. Yeah, he's um, a good guy. Good dude. How yeah. can you not like that guy? He's a he's a pimp. I love that guy. He's yeah. a pimp. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a gamer. Florian, uh, Walbrock. Um I, I think I, I look forward to these now. Mikhailo Romanchuk. Dan Whiffen. Dan Whiffen, yeah. Bobby Fink. Yep. Fink, yeah. Yep. That's that's a crazy that's a crazy eight and fifteen. Do we think the eight and fifteen winners will be the same guy, or do you reckon the eight and fifteen will be won by different guys? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a real good different. question. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with different guys too. Yeah, I, I actually looked into this the other day because I made a video about Michael Andrews' situation, and I said, you know, we're talking about events in the Olympic schedule, and I said, you know, both the eight hundred and fifteen hundred at the Tokyo Olympics were won by the same man, Katie. Um, same woman, Katie Ledecky, and the same man, Bobby Fink, right? Yeah. Um, and I kind of made that point. And someone said, well, just check world results. And for the last, like, however many years, two different men have won the 8 and 1500. So the the, uh, the, the Olympics was an, anom uh, was an anomaly. And it's actually, yeah, it, it, it kind of makes sense. They're not actually as alike as you think. On the women's side, obviously, Katie Ledecky wins them both every year, forever. Yeah. Forever, yeah. All the way to L.A., yeah. yeah and beyond yeah she's quite, got quite, she's got no no competition really there has she um quite, quite possibly what do you reckon james um i'm quite curious on your thoughts on thomas Harlman, the 16 year old who uh broke michael phelps's long-standing age group national record in the two fly went 51 one in the hundred still 16 years old i mean his birthday is february so he's not 17 till the 7th of february next year mm. Yeah, this is uh, this is just outstanding, isn't it? And there's, we're seeing a lot more now. Um, the younger guys coming through, posting great times. And uh, look, when it's such a young age, delivering such brilliance, let's call it, it is it's brilliance. It's it's now 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 how the the coaches manage the next step. You know, and uh, like we talk about coach development and and how the coach be like coach behaviors and that it it's changed. The game has changed. He's not the same the same guy as he was twelve months ago. He's now an elevated, is at an elevated competitive level. So it, the coach has to adapt. He has to change a little bit the program and uh, how that moves. And there, there, there's going to be, you know, it's interesting, right? Does a guy accelerate to the next level like Michael Phelps or does he stabilize? And I don't think there's any right or wrong answers. The job they're doing with Summer McIntosh um, at such a young age as well, it's incredible, the, the coach management and how she's developing. So, in the U.S., there's incredible experience for this. And what I like about uh, the U.S., they always ask for help. You know, there's not it's, – it's, 
sometimes we when we're in some smaller nations it's very gets very insular that people tend to work in silos quite a lot of the time but the us is very open um and i think you know that they'll, they'll have some great support networks there to bring him through what about this question um and i like your answer there on that i think uh i think he's a talent for sure uh i think he's got a long way to go before we're talking about him being a world champion still you know he's he's young very good but uh a little little bit away from being a world champ just yet uh in the next few years potentially for sure he's on that he's on that david popovich path of like getting better and better right but um in terms of sprinting, James, let's go back to that for a sec because I love talking about sprinting. Um, how, do, how do we? I'm having trouble now because I'm 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 classifying sprinting, but I think it needs to be reclassified in a way because now we've got you as as a as a firm specialist coach where you're where you're coaching specialists guys that can swim top end speed for short distances. Right, but then you've got sprinting on the other side, and you've got Popovich's coach who's coaching him for the 100, 200, having a lot of success. And we can talk about is anyone going to beat him in the 100 or 200 at this event? But it's like these are these to me, it's almost like we need to branch off now and say sprinting, you can't just classify it as sprinting anymore because you can't put David Popovich in the same class as a Ben Proud. They're, they're two different athletes now, right? No, 100%. And well, we do it with open water, don't we? We put that as a different class. And mm. I think uh, sprinting is becoming it, it, it's becoming more and more specialised. And, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens over the next few years with whether the events will come into the Olympics. You know, will 50 breast, 50 fly, 50 back? I'd love to see it. I'd love to see those. You're working in. at World Aquatics, mate. Can't, don't you have a say in this? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the guy that makes those decisions. That, that comes from the IOC. Um, you see World Aquatics are included in the program. Um, yeah. But I'd also love to see 4x50 freestyle relays, 4x50 mix, because these guys, these events are so exciting. You know, a 4x50 mixed medley relay would be incredible, yeah. mixed freestyle. Um, but, yeah, it's becoming, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming its own sort of genre, you know, because, mm. you know, even Sarah, shows from to a certain extent, you see how she's going. It's She's uber competitive in the 50 fly and 53. You know, I can't mm. You know, she, she, what she she does is just it's it mind blowing how every year she's just relentless. Sarah's mm. relentless. She's just there, year after year after year. So just these specifics of training and art, and it is it's an art more so because it's so much that goes into it, uh, the technique work, and it is becoming its own sort of thing. But we we do need to separate it a little bit. Um, but again, it's it's one event. Yes, it's in my opinion, it's the blue ribbon event of the Olympic games and the world championships. It's the one everyone wants to win one length from one end to the other. Um, same as Usain Bolt and the hundred meters in running. Um, so yes, it is. It, there's more and more guys specializing in it. It's, and the field is getting closer and closer and closer. Um, I still think in women's sport, women's 53, we have not seen anywhere near their potential. I still think a woman can go 22 mm. At mm -hmm. some point, when a woman mm -hmm. really masters the straight arm freestyle uh, properly, mm -hmm. we're going, we're dropping to 22 point. I honestly mm -hmm. believe that. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, the men's is becoming more and more depth. And I think the heats are going to be, there's going to be some twitchy men <laughs> in Fukuoka because, you know, it's going to, you're going to have to go. You're going to need to say, it's such a fine line now. You've got to save a little bit for the semi, a little bit extra for the final, but you can't miss out. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
the depth is getting more and more because people are specified. Well, you talk about specialization uh, and we talk about freak athletes. I mean, uh, why is this in, in reality, why is this not possible? Why, why can't you go, you know, 21 flat, let's say 46 high and 142 high. Why, why is that not possible? For me, it might be possible, but uh, that's not the way some a lot of people work at present. You know, um, there might be someone out there that can do it. It's just that uber talented that just hasn't found the swimming pool. Um, but the way the way I kind of I, I I get led by the athletes uh, in terms of you can just tell an athlete uh, inside of them and uh, do they want to do hundreds? They, they, they you've got to love what you do when you climb on the block. If you're doing a 400 medley you've got to love it. You know, you know, you're going to dive in and you want to be there and want to do it. And you can see it in their eyes. You know, if you're trying to, if, you, if you're trying to make someone do a 200 and they don't want to do it, they ain't ever going to be competitive. If you're trying to make someone do a hundred when they're, when they only want to do fifties, as much as you try and as much as you, what you do, it's never, it never comes from inside, you know, and you know, and the brain takes over too much, but the heart, you know, it's never quite there. Yeah, well, to me, it's a, it's even more obvious than that, right? Like it, it's it's really easy in this regard. And Sonny, you can jump in here too. For me, it's really easy to compare track and field to swimming. You look at a four hundred meter track runner who's just running around the 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 track once, as opposed to a hundred meter runner who's just running the straight, right? Completely different athletes. So what you you would say to yourself, well, why can't Michael Johnson win the hundred? Because Michael Johnson wasn't built like those hundred runners, and those hundred runners weren't built like Michael Johnson, and that's what we're seeing here when we talk about the fifty hundred and two hundred. As good as David Popovich is, he's not built like Flo Manadu, right? Like, <laughs> and Flo Manadu isn't built like David Popovich. So it's like they're, they're two completely different athletes that are having success at the top end, but they're built completely differently. So like Flo's built for speed and power. David's built for speed and endurance. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So that, that's the difference here. And that's why I don't think, I think the further we get into the specialization, the further we get away from an athlete possibly being able to do the 50, 100, 200. That was a thing of the past. That was a thing where it was kind of like you threw a blanket over because everybody trained the same. Everybody yeah. specialized in the train. Don't you agree, Sonny? Well, that's a question I wanted to ask both of you guys because, and I, I have thoughts on this and I wouldn't really know how to put it into practice, but, you know, James is going around to developing nations and helping them get better at swimming. But at what point should we, one, get specified or specific in the events we're training for? And at two, at what point should there be like, you know, you might have, we're from Whitton. Me and James are from Whitton. That was our club, Whitton Dolphins. But at what point do you have the, the Widham Sprint Freestyle or Sprint Swimming Club and then just the Widham Swimming Club. And if you want to be a 50 guy, you go at 12 years old and you're swimming the Sprint Club, you're doing short repeats, power work, maybe not. I mean, 12 is an exaggeration, but or you go and, you know, you swim the generic over, you know, medley training, background work, aerobics. Um, and at what point should you branch off and should there be different options of clubs? Because you don't have... A, a cross-country guy training with a 100-meter guy at any point in running. So, but until 18 in the UK, you have the 50 freestyler train with 
1500 freestyler and the 400 medley swimmer. And maybe the coach can go as far in the three lanes they're provided to say, you're doing 1050s and you're doing 1000s, or you jump out after six of the two 10 200s. Like, we're not even close to specific training, especially in age group swimming. Mm. Yeah. The, well, the long term athlete development models are all around aerobic work at a young age, aren't they? But I'll give you an example. Ben. Ben Proud is probably the closest guy that I know that came from a specific age group program in sprinting. Mm. Uh, mm. When he yeah. lived in Malaysia, like Ben, Ben's from Malaysia. Uh, it was a lot of short repeats every day, you know, Michael Andrews style, but not quite as much. And that was at Ben's development was that. And yes, uh, when he was trying to do the hundreds, uh, the hundreds went, you know, a few years back, he was still trying, he was still 48, four, you know, 103. He was still trying to do the hundreds. He, it was never quite natural to him because he didn't have this grounding. And I think what a lot of countries do with the their LTAD models is, is to cover all bases. You know, you're not covering just the 53 or 50 back, 50 breast, 50 fly. You're covering swimming globally. So I don't blame. There's nothing wrong with those models because the federations, they have to have uh, a pathway. You have to have a pathway. Um, but it's interesting. I, I, I don't honestly... Um, I'm involved in all of this, but I don't have the answer. Like when you, you know, is it right to give a 12 year old lad or lady just purely sprint training? Are you stopping their long-term developing or are you promoting it? Cause I guess Usain Bolt, you're right. Usain Bolt. Uh, and he never ran cross country just cause he was supposed to, uh, or mm. join in. So, you know, it's an interesting, interesting debate. It'd be nice to get, uh, the experts in, you know, uh, to come on, come on and, have a, have, and the scientists in development just to come on and have a chat. Mm. Um, someone like David Popovich, does he feel any kind of pain? Of course he does. If he didn't feel pain, he'd be going, he'd be flipping in his best time in the 53. So he'd be flipping in 22, three and he'd be coming back. Yeah. You know, it'd flip. So you got to give him a little bit of leg room. So 22, <laughs> three, he'd flip in and he'd come back in under 24. And so of course he feels pain. Yeah, he, he's feeling the pain. So what he's doing is he's figuring out how do I manage that? Where do, where do I where do I manage my speed so that I don't feel this enormous piano hit me at, at the you know thirty five meter mark to you know to to finish this race? So it's like, yeah, we all feel pain. It's just the management of it, and I think that's what the top sprinters in the world are figuring out right now is how do I work my strengths and weaknesses so that I can end up touching the wall first. You know, David, David's strength is his back end, like uh, uh, Kyle Chalmers, right? Like they're both going to manage, they're going to manage the way out and they're going to hammer the back end and they're going to swim over the top of people, which they always do. And then, um, and then you got you guys who are going to be front runners who are going to go out and say, well, I'm going to manage it on the back end, you know? So it's like, there's this, there's this game of like, where, where's the line for me, right? Uh, James, you, you see this all the time, right? Yeah, I see it. Kyle's the master of it, right? I'm, I can't wait to watch him and David because they're the same, same strategy. They sit on the mm. person, come mm. over the top. So mm. it's just uh, I'm looking forward to watching those those two go head to head. I think, in a, you know, the, the 103 goes, swimming cyclical, isn't it? Sometimes it's the front end boys and they're the ones that just try and hang on. But now we're in a generation of back enders. And mm. it's almost as like, it's true, isn't it? Like, you, you're like, you already know kind of what's going to happen and I wouldn't like to be a swimmer to swim next to these guys. Well, it's funny. Like it's funny you say we're in a generation of back enders, but like they're still going out in what used to be oh, all yeah. out 
right? Like they're still going out in 22 high, but what yep. they're doing now is they're coming back in what the, the guys that used to go out in 23.5, they're coming back in that time now. So they've learned to manage that top end more, but still come back. So it's, it's you, you, you know, you don't go 46 unless you're going out in 22. You can't, exactly. you can't go 46 by going 23.5 anymore. That's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. So they're, they're playing this game of like, where's the line of speed that I can go out and still give myself enough room to finish this race off, you know? Yeah, well, I'm looking forward there's, to that. There's also that Chinese lad, uh, Zhang, Zhang Li Pan, who comes back in 24-1. Mm. So he's going to be on the back end as well. So he's actually the third guy that I know, James, we're not sure how the Chinese will swim at this meet and Asian games, maybe that's the focus. But if he's anywhere near his best, he's going to be right there on the back end. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, who, who is their front end swimmers now? Moresi, Alessandro Moresi, uh is there any other big front end guys? Lewis Burris, if he's in the final. Marcelo um, Chiragini. Marcelo Chiragini, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my one of my boys. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, some front runners. We, we don't have those those blazing 22, 22 lows anymore, do we? Everyone's Santa trying to manage Conderelli. it. Yeah. Santo Conderelli was the king of that one. Mm. Mm. 22-1, Rio. Um do you reckon the lane, the lane draws from the semis? Do you reckon there's going to be any tactics there? Because you can't, you can't try and make sure you're in an outside lane, can you? You can't risk that. So, will people be thoughtful on getting an outside lane, or ne- does David want to get next to Moresi or someone who's going to go out quick? Uh, it's so you can't plan it because it's a loss yeah. because it, it depends on everyone else. It's like. Like men's two hundred free as well. You know that uh, it's a lot of tactics involved in that and. Um, we saw in what the Olympics in 21, it depends who you're next to and when you can, how you pace your race, you can influence others. Um, but the men, no, especially the fifties and the hundreds, you, you can't dictate where you're going to go and you don't want to take that risk anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, what about the, what about the women's hundred free James? What's your, what's your opinion? Let's just say Molly's a hundred percent. She's good to go. That's going to be an interesting race, right? It's fantastic. Well, it's getting more and more depth, isn't there? Uh, mm. there's, there's a lot of them now on 52s, but uh, again, it's, it's it's an Australian. I think I think I can see you know the Australians taking this on. Um, Molly had a big breakout year, didn't she? Uh, last year. So, well, when when did she was did she win worlds last year? Yes. Just trying to think. Yeah, I'm just trying to think who won who won last year. Um, so, you know, this, uh, I can't see past, past uh, the Australians. I can't, I can't, mm. they're just, they've, they're just so conditioned with it. They've got, they'll be getting ready as a unit for the relay on day one. And, uh, I just think it all, 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 all spiral from there. What about her? What about her? Son? I might be uh, wrong. Please Kate prove Douglas. me. What about Kate, Kate Douglas? Douglas yeah. Kate Douglas. Kate, Kate Douglas is one of them super freaks, isn't she? Like she oh, yes. is, uh, Mm. just you know what there was a lot of drama early this year and i like to be quite vocal talking about yards and versus meters but she was someone who was never in doubt like this girl it was clear she would be able to swim meters she has she's an olympic medalist Mm. and um she just looks so good especially again on the back end in that 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 race at trial she flew back past the other american girls and well she's one of eight girls who have been 52 this season uh she's 52 five the same as Emma and Siobhan. Molly's 
It took 52-6 to win the Worlds last year. So, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to call this one. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this one. I'd like Siobhan to win. Um, yes, Siobhan. Maybe, maybe James will agree. And I, I think Siobhan's got all the attributes as well because she's fast and she can do the 200. But you can say that about Emma McKeon. You can say that about Kate Douglas. She can swim a 200 of pretty much any stroke. So, like, yeah. you know, they're all versatile girls here. What's the name of this new NBA kid from France who just went number one in the draft? What's his name? Did anyone know? No. no. You don't watch the NBA? He's from France. Oh. I thought you I thought you at least must know. In the comment section, give me the name of the French kid that just went number one in the draft. Anyway, the point here is look at this kid. They're talking about him as the, the biggest freak since LeBron James, right? Like at that age. Like you, you look at this kid. He's like seven foot tall. His wingspan is like this. So, like, when you look at him, there we go. I knew someone would have it. Um, when you look at this kid, oh. right, he's got some name too, but but you're like freak of nature. Now, my experience with Kate Douglas is, is very limited, but when I went to Virginia to kind of um, do their preseason stuff, I got to sit with her for a couple of minutes, but I got to watch her walk around the deck, and I just thought to myself, freak of nature. Like, when you see a certain athlete, you're like, wow, that dude is meant to play basketball. That woman right there is meant to swim really fast. Like she just, like you didn't even have to see her in the pool. You're just like, wham, like that. That's a woman that is, yeah, there he is. Look at this guy's wingspan, right? Look at, look at that. I mean, that, that dude. And the funny thing is, yeah, have a look at the wingspan, but then have a look at him next to like regular NBA players, like the, the guys that he's just gone into the league with. He's like a foot taller than the tallest. Look at that. It's, it's a freak of nature, right? You got to do some research on this kid, by the way. Like it's, it's wild how, how talented this kid is. But, um, but that's the Kate Douglas that I think of, right? Like I, I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, I've never seen, like, you're just like, wow. Like her waist was like this. Her shoulders were like that. She had a wingspan. It's like, she was just built to swim. And so when Sonny talks about it, like we just knew it was like a guarantee, yeah. But then, but then at the top end of women's swimming, you kind of have these these freaks of nature right now. Like these women, they're all kind of like a summer Macintosh. You look at her and you're like, wow, that that girl's built to swim. So it's like there's a couple of freaks of nature out there, all kind of around this. It's a very good time for women's swimming. I think we're getting some real talent in the sport and and we're we're seeing that in swimming on the men's side as well as you know obviously with popovich and the way he's built and things like that so it's cool to see this young talent in in the pool right now it's awesome that's the event i really like um you know not the women's 400 but the women's 2am because that's like the clash from all angles right you've mm-hmm. got summer who's the 4am 4 free multi-talented very young you've got kate douglas who's this like sprint freestyler but kind of does 200 breaststroke She's mm. in the 2IM. Mm. Then you've got Kaylee McEwen, who's, you know, again, mm. the best backstroker in mm. women's history, but also mm. does medley and freestyle and breaststroke. Freak of nature. I had, like, her, had her put her, her arm above her head in the podcast. I was like, what the hell is that? A freak of nature. Um, yeah. And, like, you look at them three girls and you throw in whoever else wants to turn up. There's a few other good ones like Alex Walsh and mm. Anastasia Gorbenko and Abby Wood, but that that that's a race that excites me. That that's a race that I I can get into mm. because you've got three super freaks who are mm. all going to go head to head. 
How come in England you you say the word three and free, but it comes out exactly the same way? I don't uh, I think no, I speak weird. <laughs> three, three. <laughs> you said you said free free super freaks. <laughs> it's like I'm just messing with messing with you British boys, you know, it's always fun. But um, we taught you English, didn't we? <laughs> the queens yeah we stole it and just repurposed it um we need to see another we need to see another big championships in australia when are we going to see a big another another big one in in england are we we're going to get a like a world championships or anything like that in england well just had one we had a world short course didn't we uh in melbourne it was cold mm. it was cold and wet wasn't it uh mm. Mm. wasn't the best time of year to do it but uh uh i i love myself I love, well, there's a big one coming in brisbane i love the commonwealth games um yeah. when we yeah, had the one, commonwealth games in birmingham last year was outstanding uh gold coast 2000 2018 wasn't it 2018 was a great um so i think you know there's a, a lot of partisan crowds in the in australia and England. I think it could be with, to do with the Ashes. Which is, we're not talking about that too much because it's going on right now. Um, cricket. It's not, you know, the rest. Of, uh, yeah. India understands us, uh, but uh, Europe Indian. and America, India, Europe and America don't get. What about this? Um, a lot of people bypassing this world championship. How is Doha going to be received? Year of the Olympics. It's very unusual to get world championships. You know, the year of the Olympics, it's going to be in February in Doha. How is that going to be embraced by the athletes, especially with so many people missing this one? You think are we going to miss that as well, or is that going to be better represented? You think, James? I think it has a lot to do with how the nations, uh, how they how they formulate their selection policy for um, the Olympics in Paris. And, like, uh, a lot of that, a lot, so just how it works in a lot of countries is that they have the medal targets for the Olympic Games. That's their medal targets. And so they pull their focus on the Olympics because it guarantees their fund for the next four years or the year after. Um, so that will be most nations' priority. But I, I'd hope that, honestly, I hope that a lot of nations uh, use the, the World Championships as part of their, their qualifying criteria. Of Paris because it's going to be an incredible meet. It's in Doha, the pool is rapid, and it's fantastic. You know, the more you know, more major events we have, this better for the sport, more visibility. I just hope that a lot of nations see it as an opportunity because there's also Europeans next year. There's the Asian Games coming up as well, and we've still got a little bit of the backlog. Remember, Fukuoka was supposed to be two years ago, so we still mm. got we're still undoing a lot of the stuff from COVID. Uh, before it all settles down again, but no, I think Doha will have a lot to do with the the individual nations and federations and how they if they use that as part of their their qualifying criteria. But then does that, so, so would you say have one qualifying meet in December that works for Worlds and Olympics? Well, well what they'll do is uh, well, what a lot of the major you know the major nations now Australia. Uh, USA, France, they have their, they, they're, they're set on their, their trials, which is always like three or four weeks before, isn't it? So yeah. it's a late trials. And it's just whether uh, the, na the, the nations will maybe, uh, some of the smaller nations might use or medium nations might use those Doha world champs. You know, they mm. say that you can qualify from here. Um, 
there's very different ways of qualifying. And like some people have already qualified for the Olympics. I yep. see on Instagram, I've qualified for the Olympics already. But then a lot of nations have got a one-shot trials, which will happen. Uh, it will happen four weeks before Paris. And that's it. You go, you make it there, you go. And if you don't, you don't. And so uh, they can embrace Doha. If the federations want to, they can embrace it and make it part of it. And I'd like to, I'd, honestly, if you're going to have a major event, I'd like to see as many good swimmers there as possible. All right, I love it. Hey, listen, boys, I've got to run here in a minute. Last thing, we haven't really talked about the prospects or, or where where Flo is at. Was Flo at his best in, in uh, at the trials or is, is there a little bit more up his sleeve for this one? I think the line is he was at 50% and unshaved. I think that's what I've got to say. <laughs> no, he was, uh, uh, he, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be competitive. I'm going to leave it there. Like he's, he's already had some, you know, from where he was in January uh, to where he is now, it's a completely different athlete is a completely mm. different swimmer. And um, he's enjoying his swimming. Mm. And I think that's when, well, I say most swimmers when they're happy, they're dangerous and yeah. they're going to be competitive. And he's he's in a good spot. Um, uh, I think he's starting to feel he's coming to life a bit. He's starting to feel like you know, twenty-one-five at the trials in the morning was a was a serious time. That's that's what time he did want to win a medal at the Olympics in Tokyo. So he's starting to feel like his old self again. He he he's getting more and more articulate with his preparation. The older he gets. Um, like he's taking his recovery very seriously now. And I'm seeing lots of things in him that, you know, you wish you had from years ago when the body recovered a lot better, but we, we, we train totally different to what we've ever done before. This is the first time I say it to everyone. It's, I've worked with Flo for 10 years, 11, 12 years, but it's a different, it's different every year. He's, mm -hmm. he's not the same guy. He's 32 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, we do less weight training we've ever done in our life. Mm -hmm. We drop and, and he's stronger than ever. Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like you've got to manage it every year every year is different so next year is the first time i've ever coached a 33 year old for an olympic games mm -hmm. so right. and it's the first time he's ever done it as well so it's it's not the same but you know he, he's in a he's in a he's in a fair spot 48 one uh in the 103 yeah. mm -hmm. I was going to say, is is he excited about the French medley relay? Because they've got the two, Muin Tomac and Johan Nadui on the backstroke. Obviously, Leon's probably got a sharp 100 breast in him. And then, obviously, Maxime Grusser in the 100 fly. Is, is, he, is that something he wants as well? I was trying to keep that one a bit under wraps, actually, Sonny. Thanks. <laughs> uh, ignore. We, we, cut, cut the show, Brett. Cut the show. <laughs> Oops, we've got problems. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just don't need to throw these out there too often. Yeah. No, of course, uh, they've got. <laughs> yeah, no, they've, it's it's clearly been thought about. They've got an exciting team, you know. And Flo, yeah. uh, Flo, we do. You know, we don't work really for the hundred, but we've developed technically towards a hundred. You know, there's he has. A, you, you might see some some of my Instagram. It's very clear to see. There's two different styles of swimming that he does, and he's. You know, Flo is Flo's an artist. You know, he, he can he's very aquatically intelligent. He can watch someone mm. replicate it. Jim James Guy from Britain is one of the best at that. You go go swim like Michael Phelps and Chad Leclo, and he's he's doing it. And he's like he just does it. You know, it's mm. just this gift that some of them have. 
Uh, but he's on flows on the upward curve. Uh, well, um, let me ask you this: so I got, I got a couple. I got like two minutes, but I, I'm really intrigued in this, right? Like, you're managing Ben. At, you, you said you use the word mentoring. So mentoring Ben, mentoring Flow. They're two of the top contenders in the world in the 50 freestyle. They're obviously friends and competitors, and they've got the same mentor. So, how do you manage the mentorship of two guys that are trying to be? number one in the same event in, in the world. There, is, there, is there ever any jealousy, envy? Does it ever get to a point where it's very difficult to manage because they're, they're, they're both thinking, well, what are you telling him and what are you telling him kind of thing, you know? Well, yeah, you've had experience in this with uh, Brett and Cesar, but they don't, they don't swim together in the same program every day. They, they're completely different athletes. So if I give mm. you a weekly plan of flow, it's incredibly different to a weekly plan of Ben. They have different strength coaches, uh, different way of working. Marco Cossa with Ben in Turkey is just a genius. And they, they, they need different things and work in different ways. Yes, there's similar themes, of course. There's going to be themes mm. in the training that they're working towards. But they, they need different things. You know, they, uh, Again, we talk about specialization. Two, two guys that swim the same event that need totally different work. Yeah, but you've also got to you got to you got to give him a little whisper in the ear. You know, the psychology is important, right? So you got to give him that whisper right before the you know the last time you see him. There's a little whisper of like, "You got this, buddy." So how do you how do you give the same whisper to two guys that are going out to compete against each other? I speak what to one in French and one in English. <laughs> Good. That's the best way to do it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's been after you today, James. Brett's been after you, hasn't he? I know he is. I, know, I, know, well, you know. I don't get him on. I don't get him on very often. So I'm gonna like pick the best parts of him. You know, like I love talking to James. He's, look, I was the one that publicly said yesterday, James Gibson's the best sprint coach in the world. So let's get it. Let's get the facts. The facts, right? <laughs> publicly said it. He's the best sprint coach in the world right now. So come on, mate. I love James well, Gibson. We haven't got any medals yet. You might let's just wait. Let's wait for another week or so. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll clean house. I love it. All right, boys, I gotta run. Hey, thanks for this. Take care. Cheers, Brett. Always a pleasure. Sunny, 